Thank you for tuning in to The Big Idea. I'm Michael Anderson. We've got a great show for you today. We hope to make the next 30 minutes a very good investment of your time. Today's show is brought to you by GEICO Local Office, car and homeowner's insurance for the 805. You can save up to 15%. Call Greg Mock of GEICO Local Office, 805-487-7847. And welcome to the program today. We're going to talk about some money stuff. I've been working very diligently on creating a website. It is smartpeoplemoney.com. And on that website, it has information about podcasts that I do that's in addition to this show. It's called The Smart People Money Show. And the podcast is on that website, which is smartpeoplemoney.com. Also on there is The Money Minute. That's a daily tip that I put out for about a minute. And it's usually perspective or an idea or thought to share relating to money or how we spend money or happiness and money and a number of other things. So kind of fun little spot to get a daily piece of information that we put out. That also goes on Alexa. Alexa, of course, is the growing voice first technology that allows for people to conveniently say, Alexa, what's in the news? And you get all of your news feed curated the way you want it brought to you when you want it. Of course, you can say, Alexa, enable the Smart Money Minute, and that will show up for you there. So a couple nice options. It's always tricky to bring content to you. To bring relevant content to you is is always kind of a tricky deal. There's so much information out there. Where do you get information you can trust? How do you validate if it's trustworthy or not and relevant and helpful? I mean, it's a confusing time that we have for people to figure stuff out. And this goes across all realms of things we're trying to understand our health. We're trying to understand what we should do with our finances. We're trying to understand what we should do with our life or our career. And, you know, it's it's tricky. So it's very, very tricky. For me, I'm in the financial realm. So as a fee-only financial planner, that's kind of what I do for my day job. And uh, aside from this show, like that's where I spend my time. There was something really interesting I want to bring up to you today. Tony Robbins, you know, of course, the the famous Tony Robbins. And I, I really enjoy Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins actually is one of these guys that... As you lean in to see what he's producing and putting out, if you try and learn more about Tony Robbins, the more you learn, the more you're intrigued by what he's doing. And that's been my experience with him because it's not just motivation rah-rah. I think he's he's got a lot more toward the value he's bringing. It shows with the people that continually are consulting with him to get help from him. But he wrote a couple books recently that are about money. And he's not been a money guy, but he went and he interviewed 50 different money people, like high-end money people. We're talking uh, Carl Icahn and Alan Greenspan and Ray Dalio and David Swenson. And uh, he, he interviewed Jack Bogle before he passed away. And he tried to understand a little bit more about money and what's important that people need to know about money. Why do we have issues with financial literacy? He put together two books and they're good. But today, actually earlier this week, he was uh, going up on CNBC talking about his books, which were written a, a year or two ago, but he was talking about how they're very relevant now. And a couple things he talks about that I just thought were fascinating. I wanted to just mention a few of them. So we'll take a, a couple of minutes and talk about these. But the first thing he talks about is harnessing the power of compounding. But the scary thing is that 60% of Americans do not have $1,000 saved for retirement. Think about how scary that is. I mean, we're a nation of consumers and we're, we, we want to prosper. 
but it's really difficult to make the shift into, you know, becoming owners of companies or just becoming owners of our own retirement and where we're going with that. It's really funny. And he, he talks about how can we, you know, we all own iPhones, but we don't own iPhone like Apple, the company. So we have Amazon boxes at our doorsteps, but we don't really have any ownership in the company Amazon. You can, right? You can. So he, he goes into some of this in there. And one of the things that, you know, as a financial planner, and I talk about this with people every day, but I really respect that he talks about this. And he says, you know, even if it's $50 a week, 50 bucks per week, if you're just putting away somewhere, whether it's in your IRA or whether it's in your 401k at work, or you set up one of these accounts are pretty easy to set up now, you know, you'll accumulate 2,600 bucks for the year. And if you're able to have that invested somewhere, you know, over the long term, you can have that money, the money that you're making start to make money. And the effect of that will be very powerful. And that's the compounding effect. And I don't want to get into the details of what those percentages look like, but there's a number of ways you can run those estimates and look at that. But consider putting away, finding a way to put away $50 a month somewhere if you've not already. And for some of you that already are much further in your path, you you know, maybe in your 60s or 70s, and you've already done all of that, now you're at a distribution phase. Where are you at with that? And what does that look like? And what should you be considering with the money you've already acquired and saved? And this is another thing I talk about with people, and he does as well, uh, Tony Robbins. The idea that fees are really important, and you want to eliminate excessive fees. And that's something that is extremely important. 71% of Americans think that they pay no fees in their 401k plan. That was a study by um, AARP that came out in 2011. And, you know, it's just not true at all. And nowadays, they're actually starting to publish what the fees are inside the 401k plan. So you can find out what your fees are and see if those are, you know, reasonable or not. But the fees are such a big deal because if you're paying 1% in fees, you know, that's considerably less and it's going to have such an impact compared to someone that's paying 2% in fees. So a really, really big, big deal there. Spence is showing me something now that looks very interesting. In a poll by Northwestern Mutual, there were 78% of respondents describe themselves as extremely or somewhat concerned about affording a comfortable retirement. That's roughly one in five Americans have no retirement savings at all. And with one in three baby boomers, you know, a group that's already nearing this retirement age, the baby boomers, they have less than 25% in savings right now. So it's a very, very grim backdrop. And there are a lot of concerns, you know, lingering about Social Security as well. So, you know, it's, it's a kind of in some ways a scary time for a lot of people when we look at retirement given these circumstances, you know, and everyone in some ways is responsible for figuring this out for themselves. You know, sometimes we look at these statistics and they tell such a story, but how does that relate to you and where you're at in your life? How can we dig into where we are now, like our current state of where we are with our financial situation and try and dig in to our, get to our desired state with our financial situation. And a bigger question that is also interesting to talk about is how is it correlated 
our current happiness, how is that correlated to how well we're doing in our financial life with our savings rate or with how much we've saved or what we're doing to when we think we're going to retire? Is there a correlation between the decisions you're making for your financial life and the happiness to your broader life? What does that correlation look like? How do you size that up? Is it correlated at all? And should it be correlated in any way? Well, a lot of the studies have talked about after a certain point of income, the more you make does not start to increase your happiness much further. And that's a fascinating, but that's above a certain point. You know, if you're below the line there, you're probably still struggling and chasing more money. But once you get above the line, it becomes more money is only is not really adding to more happiness. And that is its own challenging endeavor to find out how those correlate for you. Another thing here, um, Tony Robbins talks about this. Um, this was on CNBC. You can look it up. It was also a book that uh, Tony Robbins wrote about money and interviewing a number of the top money people that he could find in the world. Find a fiduciary advisor. So over 90% of financial advisors are technically brokers. Now, brokers, they might be you know wonderful people and there's nothing wrong with brokers. There's no attack as far as going after brokers. But the reality is there's differences when it comes to brokers and how they're compensated and how they get paid relative to what they call a fiduciary advisor. So a fiduciary legal term, they're required to work with you in your best interest. So that's a really important distinction that they, they have to help you find what's best for you, not necessarily what's best for them or the company. So finding a fiduciary is extremely important and you want to find one that's a fiduciary always. In other words, some brokers have a broker hat on, but they also have the fiduciary hat on. And so are you kind of a duly registered broker to where you're a fiduciary and a broker or are you just always a fiduciary and only a fiduciary? You do not get paid by commissions or proprietary funds with a conflict of interest because the vast majority, and I think it's like less than 10% of people are fiduciary only in the financial advisor world. And over 90% in the financial advisor world are brokers, and that's different. You know, there, they, there is something to be said for finding a fiduciary advisor that uh, will be able to work with you in your best interest. So one thing you have to look at there. And then finally, the fourth thing that he talks about, which I think is a really, really big deal as well, is understand how markets work and avoid the behavioral mistakes that we see. So the market will always have bad moments. There will always be you know, an economic downturn or a correction at some point. But when in history has there been a correction or a downturn that never rebounded, at least here in the United States. When have we seen that? And what's the likelihood that we'll see that, you know, necessarily a correction that will we'll not correct, will not rebound? Uh, you know, it's just extremely unlikely that Amazon will be out of business. And of course, Amazon, we don't like to talk about stocks and a quick disclosure as far as that goes that, 
you know, I'm not giving advice here. You know, I don't know your situation, so um, I can't give you advice not knowing your situation, but you can seek advice from your tax, legal, or financial professional. But uh, important to understand markets is the key. So corrections are going to be constant. On an average, since 1900, there have been corrections, which is a 10% drop in the market, but not more than 20%. They call that a correction. Um, there's a correction, you know, almost every year. Over the last 10 years, we haven't really seen many of them. So that's been kind of its own phenomenon. People are worried and wondering when the next one will be and how big that might be. But on average, there's something that lasts, you know, around 50 days. And 80% of the time when we do see a correction, it does not lead to a bear market. A bear market being a 20% or greater drop in the market. Another thing here, the market rises over time, but despite many short-term setbacks, it will take time and it does rise. So if you're giving it a larger period of time, you'll have time to weather those downturns and capture those upturns. So that's an important kind of stat as well. And in the article, they talked about from 1980 to 2015, 1980 to 2015, there was 27 of those 36 years, the market was positive, had a positive return, 27 of 36 years, 75% of the time, there was, that's kind of a big deal. So bear markets do happen. You know, if you're going to get freaked out when a bear market does occur, then that's something to be knowledgeable about and, and be, you know, conscientious about getting into the market. If you're going to kind of spook when you see those downturns. So just a fascinating article. I'd encourage anyone to, to look that up. You can see Tony Robbins. Um, he was just on CNBC talking about this stuff. He wrote a book. One thing, you know, that he talked about, there's, he says there's 5,000 of these RIAs that are fiduciaries only, 5,000 of them in the United States. That is actually what I am. I'm an RIA and I'm fiduciary. And that's exactly what I am. So I really appreciated what he had to say because we're a small group of people that I think are growing rapidly because we're doing business the right way. And that's an important thing when you look at uh, how business gets done in the financial world. So very, very cool to see that with Tony Robbins. wanted to share that with you. One thing I've been working on over the last week, um, I did have Grant Sabatier in town. He's doing a book tour for the last 48 days. He's been traveling from New York via van, you know, hashtag van life, living in the van. Him and his tour manager, as a young tour manager, Cody, is 23 and has been booking gigs for him. But they're going to 150 tours and they're on 48, day 48 here in Ventura um, this past week. And they're going to making the, making their way up the Pacific Northwest into Canada. And then they'll be coming back down, going into Denver and working their way back to New York for the remaining, you know, 102 events. But uh, it was exciting. And one thing about Grant, he is the founder of the blog, millennialmoney.com. Great blog. Encourage people to go check out that uh, millennialmoney.com. And one of the things on there, he has a podcast and Tony Robbins hit up Grant and, and reached out to Grant and said, Hey, I recognize you're real popular with the millennials. And uh, I'd like to, you know, essentially be on your podcast if that's okay. And we'll talk about some of the things I'm doing with money and the, and the book. Um, so if that's okay, we can definitely do that. 
But so he ended up coming on the show and had a great interview with Grant talking about money stuff and relating to millennials in that way. The other thing is uh, the book that Grant just finished and he's doing this tour for, you know, I encourage you to check that out on Amazon. It's called Financial Freedom. And it's a neat book, a very neat book. He gets into a lot of things relating to this, uh, you know, fire movement, financial independence, retire early. In particular, he really likes what they call five, just financial independence. That's the idea that you can save enough money to sustain yourself and retire at any point, you know, as long as you've saved enough money and as long as your expenses, you know, are reasonable for what you've saved. And he, but he gets into the tactics of how you do that. A couple things he shared that I thought were just phenomenal. You know, we did have three events. I helped him book here locally in Ventura County to just, you know, share his message and uh, and promote the book a little bit. And uh, But enjoyed seeing him speak there. So one of the things he said that I absolutely love is a lot of the financial books and a lot of the financial information talks about cutting out the cup of coffee or cutting out the wine. And if you do the math on cutting out the cup of coffee you have each day, you know, going to Starbucks, and and if you add all that up, and you've all heard these stories before about cutting that stuff. He says, you know, don't buy into that. That's not that's not where you're gonna save your money and, and add up to like get you to retirement faster. That's those small things in life, like the cup of coffee, or the glass of wine, or maybe the pedicure or manicure, those small things in life, are often what we enjoy the most and they bring the most joy to us. So it doesn't make sense to cut those out. Look rather at where you're spending most of your money each month. Like which, are there any light items that show up regularly for people that where they're spending the most money of their cash flow each month? And there are three things that really show up in a big way. Housing, transportation, and food. If you just categorize those three, compare those in terms of what you're spending, how much, what percentage of your spend is in those three categories? And he's done the math and he says it's probably somewhere around 70% of your spend each month, your expenses are in those categories, transportation, housing expense, and food. And if you look at that and you're able to make some cuts in those areas, some trade-offs, if you will. If you can make some trade-offs that make sense for you in your life to reduce your housing expense in some way. Now, maybe that means, you know, downsizing. Maybe that means, you know, you, you, you find, you know, at one point in my life, we, lived, we moved in with family for a period of time to save money so we could buy a house. And now that wasn't convenient or easy, but it was a trade-off that we did and we actually enjoyed it very much, but it was it was very helpful to save money and make a trade-off for a short period of time so we could have a long period of time of, of having what we wanted. And it's these trade-offs in those areas where you'll save the most money. So housing is a huge one. He gets into some very creative stuff as well. So a term they call now house hacking. If you've not heard that term, you can look it up or you can get the book and he'll talk about that in the book. House hacking is a very cool one. But the way that you uh, save more is by way of f- reducing your expenses to have more money to save. And, uh, and that's, that's kind of a big deal. For a period of his life, he saved uh, 80% of his income. You know, he say, it's like, how do you do that? Well, 
he, you, you know, you, you try and make a lot more money, number one. Uh, and the number two, as you make more money, you try not to spend more money. Isn't that the truth, though? I mean, don't you hear about that all the time? The um, athlete that got a huge paycheck for a contract. It's like, oh, man, that's amazing that he got all that money. And then a few years after they're done playing their sport, you realize that they're not doing that well financially and say, man, how the heck did you blow all that money? Like you got such a huge contract and now all that's gone. How do you even do that? And the reality is that's a term that's being talked about now as lifestyle inflation. As you make more money, you start to spend more money. And is that right? Is that really how we want to do it? Uh, It's not necessarily the smartest. And in Grant's case, he talks about trying to make more money, make more, you know, essentially work harder to make more money. But as you make more money, do not change your lifestyle to spend more money. And it's weird how the pressures of our life kind of push us toward increasing our spending, right? As we start to make more money, it's like, oh, now we need to go on more vacations or, you know, hey, oh, um, my colleague, they just bought a new house in that neighborhood. And boy, wouldn't it be nice to live in that neighborhood? And you look at the cost of a car and a new car and, you know, it's really, you know, things can add up and it's very easy and it's very fun to spend more money. But how does that more money relate to some of those other broader, bigger goals you have in your life? Maybe it's retirement. Maybe it's retiring early or maybe it's just being financially independent. You know, and I'm kind of going on about the book here, but he had so many fun things to talk about. Clearly, he spent a tremendous amount of time um, thinking about money and how it relates to happiness and how it relates to you know, the goals of your life, almost the philosophical side of what money can do for your life, but how it can also be an addiction to where it's not about making money to have more, but it's just more about what if you think about what makes you happy and brings you happiness in life and you, you're able to write a list about those things, you know, and, and take it to the point of, of what, you know, what truly brings you happiness and how can, you, how can you find those things and then back in how much money you need to have them? Oftentimes, it's much less expensive when you think about it that way. And you, you're probably more close than you even imagine toward being like secure financially when you think of it that way. You know, and I mean, you're probably closer than you would imagine as well to be in a good spot f- like on a monthly cash flow basis if you think of it that way. So it's really kind of fun and interesting to think about and interesting to talk about. But uh, Grant Sabatier was in town. We had a, a very nice event at the Ventura Botanical Gardens. For anyone that's not been to Ventura, this is something to put on your map. If you come to California and you're going to experience, you know, Malibu and Hollywood and Southern California, you know, that is beautiful and you got to do that. Like if you've never been and you're coming to California, like those are the it spots and everybody knows you got to experience those. But when you're in Malibu, you're driving along the PCH, you've got the convertible, it's sunny, the wind's blowing your hair, the ocean's to the side. It's where all those car commercials and movies have been filmed. You're about 20 minutes away from this place called Ventura. You're about 20 minutes away from this place in Ventura called the Ventura Botanical Gardens. And if you were to hike up the botanical gardens or if you were to look it up and you were to go to the botanical gardens, there's a thing there called the Rotary Plaza. 
and it's right there at Breaky Road and Summit. And you're looking down you're over a hillside, down upon a downtown area with a beautiful pier outstretching into the ocean and the ocean and islands in the background. Truly majestic, beautiful spot. This is the home of Patagonia. Actually, Patagonia has its headquarters right in that downtown area. So if you're in California, you're going to make the trip this way and you're going to spend time in Southern California, enjoy the heck out of it, make your way up to maybe San Francisco, Northern California and do the whole California trip on your way from Hollywood and the PCH in Malibu, just 20 minutes north of that Malibu PCH, you're going to find Ventura right on the water, and you're going to stop at the Botanical Gardens. You can send me an email and thank me later for making that trip and tell me um, you know, about the selfies that you were able to take up there overlooking the ocean and the downtown and the hillside from Rotary Plaza at the Ventura Botanical Gardens. You're not going to be not loving that. And uh, one thing I want to mention is uh, before we close out today's show, Big thank you to our sponsor, Boyd & Associates, the largest family-owned security company in Southern California. Established in 1967 for your home and business security needs, visit boydsecurity.com or call 805-650-3267. And also our nonprofit spotlight. Each week, we like to highlight a local nonprofit doing great work in the community Today's nonprofit spotlight is brought to you by Era Energy, powered by safety, innovation, and community. We help keep California moving forward. And of course, our nonprofit spotlight tonight has to be the Ventura Botanical Gardens. I'm going to have a bigger interview with them soon to have them on the show and hear more about what's going on. But boy, we've got a super bloom going on right now in California. Some of the rain that has came over the early part of spring and the late part of winter has been magical, so beautiful. Check out the Ventura Botanical Gardens if you have not already. Support them. Get an annual pass for your family. I've got mine, and it would be a wonderful thing to do. So that does it for our show today. Thank you for tuning in to The Big Idea. Don't forget to find The Big Idea on iTunes and other podcast platforms. Subscribe, rate, review, and share. We'd love to have your support. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.